0: Welcome to That Weekend Feeling with Darren Mann. That Weekend Feeling, it's brought to you by the Weekend Post and the Daily Dispatch Weekend Edition. Our guest today, former Springbuck front row. He's also been a coach of various age group teams, including senior, and uh, also these days known very well as a rugby commentator and analyst on SuperSport. Welcome, Robbie Kempson.
1: Yeah, hi, Darren. Thanks very much for having me and looking forward to our chat. Each one of
0: us has a story to tell and a story to share. A story that deserves to be heard. A story that inspires, motivates and gives people a reason to keep going. A story about our triumphs as individuals and as a team. A story about our humble beginnings and what the future holds for us. A story about our heritage and that which brings us together. It is these stories that connect us. The Herald. Whatever you live for, we live to tell that story for you. It's that weekend feeling and we're chatting with Robbie Kempson. There's a lot to cover when it comes to rugby. It's been a mixed bag as far as the Springboks go. We got off to a good start. A lot of criticism from all over the world. I'm not sure all of it was justified. And uh, after an initially disappointing start down under, a fantastic win over the All Black in what was one of the greatest rugby test matches in recent memory, I think.
1: Yeah, listen, I think uh, if you go past the last I think 10 to 12 matches against the All Blacks have been within a couple of points, so always fantastic to get one over the old foe. Unfortunately, they won the 100th. It uh, would be nice to take that scalp as well. But uh, yeah, a bit of an up and down season, you'd think. Um, fantastic victory of the Lions too. where I think Gatlin definitely got a few things wrong. But, um, you know, South Africa got them right and we've managed to beat the Lions. And then Australia just proved a, a different kettle of fish. I mean, under Dave Rennie they are indeed a, a much more polished side. He's brought a few of the, the old Star Wars back. And you know, I think we were found a bit wanting with regards to those two games and Luckily managed to to shore up everything for the final two against the All Blacks, but to get that last victory, put us back at number one. Uh, nothing better for Russian Erasmus and Jacques and the team. And end
0: of year tour coming up, and we've got a few injury issues to worry. I see Fuff de Klerk's been added to the list today. What do you expect from the box when it comes to the northern hemisphere tour at the end of the season?
1: Listen, I, I actually don't mind the injuries too much. I think you know we need to be put in the position where we start building depth. Uh, we know what our our front runners can do. Um, and they have done very well winning that last last game against the All Blacks. But certainly I think you know, giving other youngsters an opportunity, particularly in those key positions, like as you say, Fuff. Um, the biggest disappointment per- perhaps for everyone is Archie Sneuman being injured again, mm. um, just getting back to full fitness. Um, and then you know, is out as well in the tight end, which gives another opportunity, you know, maybe to Trevor and and his gang to, you know, get us back on the front foot. So I don't think the injuries are the worst thing that can happen to us. I certainly would like to see a, a player like Farsi get an opportunity. Um, you know perhaps more of an extended run for the likes of Elton and and a few of the other guys in that back line. So I don't think the overseas trip's going to be a particularly easy one. Um, You know, after beating the Lions, all these teams would like to beat us. No question there. So um, I think it's going to be a a tough tour, but certainly I think it will be positive for us if we can get a few of our our youngsters into the mix and, and playing at that level more consistently.
0: If I might rewind to the Lions Tour, we lost the first one, we came back and won the Series 2-1, which takes some doing. Do you buy into all the criticism of the Bok tactics that we heard from Australia, New Zealand and also the Northern Hemisphere countries?
1: Uh, No, 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 not not if you're winning. Um, I I mean, probably one of the most famous quotes to come out of the Lions Series was from Dan Bigger. You literally just said, "Listen, if I was winning game, those games, playing the way South Africa did, I, I wouldn't have a problem either." So, no, not at not at all. I think if we are winning games, even if it was a dull affair, listen. To be fair to 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 Russie and uh, Jacques and the and the team. Uh, Gatlin did exactly the same thing. He didn't play an expansive game plan. And, you know, it's always been an arm wrestle when Russia has played against Gatlin. Um, all the games have been won, you know, within a margin of points and generally have been won by kicks. So it's the way Gatlin certainly prepared his side. And, you know, we just prepared our side better. And that's why we won the Test Series. So I think, as I said earlier, I think Gatlin got it wrong and Russia Rasmus certainly got it right. But uh, in the manner in which we won the the, the Test Series... Um, I've certainly got no complaints about that and, and long may we continue winning if, if that's the case. Couldn't agree more.
0: The All Black matches two games and uh, both teams scoring 48 points over the course of the two games. 19-17 we lost the first one. 31-29 we won the second. Just one score in each of those games. They could have gone either way. How, how did we lose the first one?
1: <laughs> Listen, you know the first one's a bit of a tricky one. So I, I do believe the All Blacks, I've been chatting to Josh Cronfolds and a few other guys that were over there the All Blacks were pretty nervous for that first one. So they probably underplayed uh, their potential. And I think, we went into it with a bit of trepidation ourselves. And I think we probably weren't on the mark quite either, to be honest. So um, they, I thought, more snuck that one. I think, you know, the second test for me was even a a bigger victory in view of the fact that, you know, whenever we ever, in the history of our Springboks, seen our side down with the, you know, clock is up, time's up and we have the you know, that resolute factor within a span of our team to you know kick for the corner Get the penalty and finally the win. I, I've never seen that in a South African side, let alone a Springbok side. So, for me, that was a much bigger win than uh, losing the unfortunate hundredth test. And I think what it showed with this current Springbok side is just the metal that they have uh, regarding their performances and the way they can perform, particularly in you know the vital stages of a game where it certainly has been not been a factor with you know our Springbok makeup uh, over you know many many years.
0: Rob, before we move over to uh, franchise rugby, uh, I would like to get your thoughts and your comment on the disciplining of uh, Rassi Erasmus by World Rugby. I see that what was going to be a decision made at the end of August is now going to be made at the end of October. What are your thoughts on it, firstly, and what do you expect to come out of this?
1: Uh, my thoughts, you know, listen, the, the way it was leaked, I mean, no one, knows, well, no one knows the true facts behind it, but certainly it wasn't leaked from a South African uh uh, person so i think you know f- from a pure legal perspective i think not too much can happen to russi i do believe world rugby are going to try and make you know make try and make something quite big out of it and, and try to and really you know put a rubber stamp on what his antics were and the way he addressed it but you know in fairness to russia and the video itself um you know this is nothing new Um, You know, we've all been complaining about the way these referees have mishandled South African teams, and it's been decades. It hasn't been just in the last couple of years. Um, And you know, finally to call a referee out in the way he did, um, it's nothing new. But I think because it went so viral, and you know, so many in view of COVID, so many more people were obviously watched the video and the contents thereof. Um, the contents there is nothing wrong with. He's got it spot on with regards to the referee, the way he interacted with our players and, you know, how dismissive he was with regards to certain decisions. And I think if anything that I hope comes out of it, um, if he gets a sort of a, a couple of weeks ban and a, and a fine and all the rest of it, you know, so be it. But, you know, the referee performances particularly when we went to the championship um you know, down under were much better they were competent they were you know they were very professional and there were very few in decisions that were made compared to what has happened prior in prior test matches so i think if anything can come out of it is that world rugby will get their shop in order, they'll get their referees in order, and we'll make sure that that they are consistent for absolutely every game and not just the one or two that are earmarked by certain coaches. So and I think all coaches worldwide, now I'm just talking about Russia, I'm pretty sure that Eddie Jones is the same when he gets, you know, a couple of harsh decisions. Um, you know, Farrell will be the same with Ireland. Uh, certainly they'll be the same you know, in New Zealand. If the referees get it right more consistently in view of the fact that Rossi made an hour-long video, I think we're all going to be happy. And I certainly hope that's all that's really taken out of this. Um, I, they will try and have a go, at he, uh, He's Listen, he's too he's too canny, that chap. Uh, he's He's got more than a few aces <laughs> up his sleeve. So, um, yeah, it, it, what they... If they can throw the book at him, uh, to what extent? I don't think. I think Grassy, he, he has got a few of the aces on his side, as opposed to World Rugby having them. Uh, just the manner and think that the, that the, they went about the the release of the video. Um, you know, again, I just I just hope the positive comes out of it with regards to everyone getting a fair crack in a game of rugby that we all love, as opposed to it being marginally one-sided in view of the referees' antics, which it definitely has been, in my opinion, uh, specifically regarding South Africa and decisions that are made in Test matches.
0: Rob, let's move away from Test rugby. Look at the South African franchises. For the first time in how many years? No Super Rugby going on. We've moved up north. We're in the URC. Didn't get off to a great start. And this past weekend, it got a little better. Super second-half performance from the Bulls saw them win. The Stormers got a draw. The Lions lost by just a score. And uh, the Sharks got a win as well. Your thoughts on, on firstly, us leaving Super Rugby and going up north, and then how the South African teams are going to adapt?
1: Yeah, I think it's always unfortunate to lose Super Rugby. I I love playing it, but towards the back end of my career, I wanted to go play in exactly the competition that we are playing in. So... Um, if anything, I think it's going to strengthen our rugby. To be honest, with you. I think they are much more professional sides. They're certainly more competitive sides to be playing, you know, on a week in, week out basis. And in view of the fact that they're so professional, you know, our coaches are going to have to upskill themselves rather rapidly to ensure that they can compete, as they have done um, in week three of the competition. So, I think pretty much there's more, lot more positives than negatives. The negatives is not playing against New Zealand um, on a more uh, sort of New Zealand teams on a more frequent basis, but but certainly, I don't think we're losing too much by leaving Super Rugby and going into what I think is a much stronger competition. With you know potentially the comp- the competitive uh, competitive nature of the teams we're playing again, and the professionals of those teams are going to rub off onto our guys. And you know, hopefully, we're going to get a few more victories. This in the first two weeks is exactly what I expected. Uh, uh, honestly, the, the level of competition—I don't think people realize how strong it is. Uh, particularly over there, it's a very attritional, and it's, it's the, the game plans of this side is definitely a ball in hand approach. Where in South Africa we tend to kick the ball away more often than not, so and we rely on our defence, um, which you, you can't do in this competition. So again, it's it's going to add another string to you know the bow of our sides, and. It, in view of that, it's going to help you know, our, our Springbok side because our players are playing in this competition.
0: And Rob, South Africa have things stacked against them a little more than the other sides. Maybe I understand the home games are not going to be played at home for South African franchises.
1: Oh, Darren, that's a little bit unfortunate. Uh, they are going to Italy, which you know their winters aren't as harsh as as potentially you'll get in certainly getting whales and definitely in an Ireland. um so probably a few a bit milder co- uh, conditions but they are away from home and you know we don't have our crowd factor which they do have on that side and again probably the most important thing is that uh specifically for the bulls and lions they've got the altitude factor which you know these sides uh won't have to deal with uh, and it's a shorter trip for them but um you know i think in view of Particularly COVID and the, the way these guys are prepared, they're going to be at home for a couple of weeks first before they go over to Italy and play those games. Yes, it does put us at a, a disadvantage, but you know, being on the road and, and realizing that we're going to, you know, out of the 16 sides, you know, we're only going to be playing four in South Africa. You know, we're, going to, we're going to have to get used to that travel, and luckily it's not the travel that you have to Australasia. It's you know, it's just one flight up and down. Um, more or less, most of the time, and you know it's close enough to, to fly over recruits if you have injuries as well. So, um, also again for it's you know playing in Italy, it would. Probably be of more of a benefit to South African sides than playing these uh, games um, over in Wales or Ireland uh, in November. So, but still away from home and not having your home ground advantage. Uh, you know, Durban has its own thing with humidity as well, which would be to the advantage, and Cape Town has a bit of a breeze now. Then, so uh, it will be a disadvantage, but certainly something you know our side should be able to handle.
0: Last question for you, Rob, Uh, just turning our attention locally to uh, the state of rugby in Eastern Province. We've been battling for year after year after year. Is there light at the end of the tunnel? Can you see improvements on the way?
1: No, I'm afraid to be the bearer of bad tidings, but uh, I don't see any lights. Uh, Not the current way things are run, unfortunately. Um, you know anything with rugby at this present time and it's it's and this is no slant on the administration please don 't get me wrong um you know you need money to run anything successfully in professional sports or even semi professional sport and I think you know the economies worldwide as they are right now. it 's difficult to to try to throw you know, a lot of money into something that potentially people don't see as very sustainable and you know, not having a franchise. I think that is probably the hardest thing for Eastern province rugby going forward as it is for all the other you know, p- provinces that aren't franchises and for the teachers themselves as well, not having an international competition to play. And you just can't keep your players. You don't have the financial ability to be able to draw players or to keep players because they want to play international competition. So it's going to be unfortunately very difficult for the likes of Eastern province rugby Uh, the Cheetahs, griquas, even, and the Pumas to have sort of longevity and financial stability over the next couple of years. I think it's going to be increasingly difficult for the smaller unions.
0: We appreciate your thoughts. We're catching up with Robbie Kempson, former Springbok front row coach, as I said earlier, of senior teams and various age-level groups. And you're involved with the Grey High at the moment, Rob.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's been uh, very, very good so far. A lot of support from you know, all the old, old grade chaps and uh, getting, slowly getting involved with the school processes. So I'm yeah, looking very forward to it, I must say.
0: And we look forward to seeing some good results from them. They're usually in the top 10. Long may it continue. Robbie Kempson, thank you for joining us on that weekend feeling.
1: Great, Darren. All the best, my friend. Take care. Enter the Daily Dispatch winner Car competition and you could drive away in the new seven-seater Suzuki ortiga 1.5GA. The competition closes on the 21st of November 2021 and an entry form is printed in the Daily Dispatch every day. The more you enter, the luckier you get. Get your copy of the Daily Dispatch and enter now. Win a car, proudly brought to you by Daily Dispatch and Ronnie's Motors. That was that weekend feeling with Darren Mann.